I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work and got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years, 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard times. That's hard times. Hello, friends. Hello, hello. Greetings, ladies, gentlemen, and NBs. It's Watery Desho. It's our stream of thought podcast. Podcast? <laughs> podcast. Uh, oh, man. It's, remember? Put, put, a, put that on a note somewhere, Doc, for later, because we're going to use that. Like, if, if we, podcast? If we, if we ever... Fartcast. Like, if we ever start, like, you know... I, I misheard that, because I thought you said fartcast. And then my thinking was, all right, that's it. That's the name of our philosophy podcast set then. There we go. Done. Mm, mm, yeah. Of course, if you misheard it that way, you, you could have potentially misheard it as T-H-O-T cast, which would be a completely, totally different discussion about anime characters. <laughs> that, and one I will not take part in. That, I mean, <laughs> I have some dignity and I sure as shit ain't yes. the podcast after that. <laughs> That would be bad. We'll, we'll, leave be it, bad. we'll leave it to people like One Angry Gamer who recently lost his shit over a sex scene in uh, Castlevania. And I'm just like, mate, mate, grow the fuck up. Seriously? That's a discussion you and I will have another time, though. But I thought I'd just throw That's some it. shade uh, out So, it. Well, you're just spoiling me. And now I know there's a sex scene in Castlevania Season 3. Thanks a lot, Shadon. Thanks it's right. a whole bunch. It's all right. it for it's, me. It's all right, Doc. It'll be good for you, too. <laughs> the the surprise sex is always listen that's you're taking that you've taken something very particular and special away from me i hope you know <laughs> i'm sh- well what I'm is gonna... um what is the red uh behind you the red oh that's a that's a random poofy. chinese chinese paper lantern i found and i thought oh i really it's like just, that it's just tat so i thought fuck it i need to get more stuff for this place because like, that area over there is a bit plain at the moment uh, I have a few ideas, not least which is I found a dartboard inside a shed outside. So I'm planning on cleaning that. Oh up. man, you got to set that up every single week with like. Oh, I already. A different... I know exactly, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly where I'm going with this. The only problem is, is yeah. I, I have a fear that if I had people around, they would think that it was for play rather than ornamentation. So eventually, this whole wall over here would just look like it's been hit by bullets or something. Uh, Barry, look forward to that bit of DIY with yeah. Shaden coming soon to a podcast near you. You just put the darts away. When company is there, oh, so no, no one can, you know, use the dartboard. 
But then when it's time to stream, you just print out a picture of Hero from Darley Fra and like oh, that's shove it up there fruit. with darts in that's it. That's slow hanging fruit. Come on, you know I'd have to go harder than that. That have to be now Fumi. It would easily have to be him, that uh-huh. fucking prick. Uh-huh. Lisa, let's that's also well, you know what? Let's not let's not get into an argument about which fruit is the lowest hanging. Oh Jesus. Um Welcome, by the way, Sophie. Hello. Uh and Grizz. And Grizz caught commenting on the uh on the lava lamp. It's the hundred percent approval rating. It's the only thing that everyone on stream can agree on is that the well, lava what, lamp is no very love, good. No love for Cheryl, no love for Solar Kai. Well, I do. I do, but I'm saying there are probably dissidents in the in the chat or viewing be, the vibe that don't peons care for from my sight. <laughs> Out of the way, you trolls. That is a bot, you see, and so I'm going to I'm gonna yeah, kick the bot. I'm not going uh, to I'm not going to type Asian crypt since anything, to be quite honest. <laughs> what a weird combination of words. Anyway. Anyway. Um I hope I hope all of you WD fam are doing well mm-hmm. out there. Shadan, I hope your Monday has gone gone well. It's Mine's been, in the process of It's going been well. okay. I mean well I say okay, I had the most amazing homemade burgers before. So that was Saw nice. those on Twitter. Oh, they yes. look nice. Getting back into they the cooking nice. folks, like I'm starting to do more and more uh homemade stuff rather than relying on crap that I end up buying like as you know, pizzas, uh freezer shit, that kind of thing. And uh yeah. It's going pretty well, I must say. I, I mean, I had a chicken black bean for lunch today, which I made myself, so... Uh, get it. Oh my god, Gero, you're right. You're right. I'm... I'm... <laughs> the burger is one of the two, like, prime mushroom delivery devices. You know, you got the, the burger and the pizza. Both chances to... Do your fallen brother proud, and you you fucked up, man. I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna mince words. You, well, you really it's only up. it's only up from here, to be honest, though. <laughs> That's I'm, right. I, I, I'm as yeah. low as I've been in 2020. Now that I found that out, and it can only get there. <laughs> so, well, thank you for pointing out, Gero. Now I may correct the error of my ways. You know, repent for my sins. Well, before we repent, I think it's time. We turn back to Twitter and look at the polls from last week. By the way, if you didn't know, I don't remember if I said this or not. We're talking about keep your hands off Azokin. <laughs> this is shit. You really? Probably see that? Yeah. We. Yep. Mm-hmm. By yep. God, get those notes. Uh, we're not talking about um, you know burger recipes and whatnot. We are talking about anime. We're talking about the hit show of the season and the year thus far. Mm-hmm. Keep your hands off Vegas Oken, the Science Saru Masaki Yuasa directed uh, masterpiece. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to put that out there right now because nothing in the next two weeks, in my opinion, <laughs> can take that status away from this I mean, show. I mean, why, I mean, come on, Doc. There's nothing wrong with telling the truth. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just saying. I, yeah. I will. I will say now, by the way, folks. Like, I do regret missing out on a golden opportunity for this episode, which was to bike slide into my f- camera frame. I mean, you know, I could have. That wouldn't be safe, though. It's my. Oh come on! It's my house to do. I like. I mean, yeah, it probably would have ended incredibly badly, but hey, it would have been worth it. We'd have totally gone viral if I'd done that. 
Although that would also mean I'd have to somehow slide away from the camera towards all my stuff there. That's a yeah. very difficult feat. Yeah, yeah I, I need a running start for that, and there certainly isn't enough room for it. So, thoughts of the future when we next get the, uh, you know, inevitable Kira reference that will keep coming around and around. Which, by the way, all for it, keep them coming. We could always do, like, the super low-budget version, which is just you posing on the bike, and then me just zooming out. Uh, we, really are doing, sound like, effects we, we really are doing we really are doing we are doing the Asakin now aren't we this is our greatest world yep. shit right this here the, the corner how, the how, corner how shade, cutting how does Shaden do an Akira bike slide mm-hmm. in his living room uh, I'll figure it out someday maybe I'll do it on a tiny little tech deck or something like that I don't know um well look look before we talk about Akira etc we got polls we have I to talk here. about I, mm-hmm, we have to talk about the polls for episode nine, we have to close the loop on those. So mm-hmm. in case you didn't know, every week we have these while we're streaming at Watery Death Show on Twitter to vote in them. And you have a whole week to vote on them. Uh, and then after that, we read the final results, which we're about to do now for episode nine. Indeed. All right. So I'll take it away. Uh, poll number one. Do you know what Dragon's Den is? Uh, and 52% you said yes. 48% said no. Uh, and I suppose the calorie so that is... Uh, do you give a fuck what Dragon's Day is? I sure as shit don't. <laughs> I, I hear people talking about it at work occasionally. I'm just here like, man, I wonder what's on Crunchyroll tonight. I could not give less of a toss about this topic of conversation. But hey, fair place if you like it. Uh, is the host a famous person? <laughs> no one knows. I'm not going to Google it. I just, I refuse. I'm I, drawing the line in the sand right here. D- Dragon's done. I don't know. Don't care. Anyway, Mr. Dragon. <laughs> I, I don't know. Den uh, Dragon. <laughs> Jesus Denver. Christ. Denver is short for, yeah, Den is short for Denver, the last dragon. It's. Do you remember the show Denver, the last dinosaur? Do you remember that cartoon? Nope. The fucking banger of an OP. Denver, the last dinosaur. He's my friend and a whole lot more. It's so good. I, I, feel, like, I, I feel like there's a... Uh, a YouTube link being sent my way in my immediate future. Just a premonition. It could helps. be. Could be. Yeah, totally. All right. So, poll number two. Uh, this is where we get to sort out the liars from the people who tell the truth here. Uh, is there anything fun about social media? Uh, 23% of you said yes. And I'm just like... I, 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 <laughs> well, please. You know, it's like what Alex please tell said, us, right? Please tell us. It's like what Alex said, you know, he met us. You know, we met, we, we met yeah, a few this is, this people. Yeah, this is true. I mean, I liked Twitter infinitely more than I liked Facebook when I was on it because all I ever saw on Facebook were baby pictures. I was just like, I could not, again, to repeat what I said before about Dragon's Zen, could not give less of a shit. Uh, and I also had to deal with some of the more odious members of my family through that, so I sacked that off right first. And Twitter's infinitely more interesting because I get to see wonderful things like hot takes, people dunking on politicians, great fan art, and of course, dogs. How can you go wrong with fucking dogs, honestly? Perfect. If you've got your your timeline curated to just that, excuse me, I bumped the microphone. If you have, have your feed showing only those four things, you're doing great. You're doing I'm mostly there. It's just unfortunately how I also learned of one angry gamer who I think is quite possibly my most hated person this week thus far. <laughs> I mean, it's an early week. Maybe he can actually, you know, turn it around and, pres- you know, proves me that he's not a complete tosser, but hey, we'll find out. All right. I'm going to say no. This is an interesting question, though, from Cesar. Like, I've wondered this before, because it often gets lumped in with other social sites. Like I actually would you disagree. Share stuff. I would disagree and say it is, depending on the content you're doing. Uh, if you're doing a lot of hyper-real vlog kind of stuff, which is very slice of life, like, 
particularly very personality-driven stuff, I would say this, because you call Spain personality and the persona on Twitter in much the same way. I I would think that... The way I would look at it is that it is a video storage, sharing, and archival site first, and a social network second. Could you argue that that maybe might be the same about Twitter, though, to be fair? Not all no, about... I think Twitter Twitter is a social network first. Not, not, not all tweets are necessarily about social networking, though. Some of them are meant to inform, some are meant to be commentary, some of them are fan art. I, I think there's well, more great system, you know? All right, you know what we're going to do, Doc? We're going to save this for after hours. It's a poll. We're saving this for <laughs> after hours. question. We're saving this for after hours. Uh, otherwise, 77% of you rightly made the assertion that no, social media isn't fun at all. It's just complete fucking torture. And especially when you're living in the times we do now where, hey, you know what? There might be a particularly, uh, you know, how should we say, virulent disease going around. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make shit up about it. Do you think WordPress is social media? Yes. Or Blogger? No, no, you can't. <laughs> a blogging platform. <laughs> no. I was I was about to start making other jokes like, do you think the uh, local... Uh, supermarkets notice board is social media. <laughs> yes. The quest board in The Witcher or yeah. the fucking, is that social media? Does Geralt tweet uh, or would he tweet? Uh, that's a question yes. for a different day. For sure. Uh, okay, poll number three. Would you describe Kanamori as a social media maven? Uh, 83% of you said something that I can't read out loud. It's unintelligible nonsense. Like, if I feed this through Google Translate, the internet will go down. So I'm not doing it. Fuck that. Just, you have to try. But no. I mean, if the internet goes down, that's at the end of our podcast, at least for this week. Uh, anyway, 17% of you said no. Uh, and I'll take a quick aside here to answer Sophie's question and say, all social media has a parasocial element to it, depending on the level of interactivity you have with your hosts. Uh, I mean, you and I are technically talking right now, even though we're doing it through different means. You do it through text chat. I'm here doing it through... <clears throat> Uh, audio and video but even then it still has that parasocial element. and then you go all the way still red where people flat will never respond to you because how can you uh so i'd say all social media does uh, and i think youtube does that as well because there is a comment section you can try and comment and reply to craze and they are well then they're right not to respond because they can't or won't so there you go yeah that's the only social networking piece of it unless I you can't respond to videos but well that's a different thing entirely <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway uh next up Poll number four. Would you believe Kepi from Sarah's and I was supposed to make a cameo appearance, but was so high he forgot? Um, we misspelled one of the answers on here because there weren't enough using it, so I'm going to substitute them in now. And 79% of you said, dude! <laughs> and 21% of you said, dude? So, I do think we were deprived of a Kepi cameo, though. I'm still very sad about that. But Another... I mean, mention in this episode of of the kappa this is true i mean you know if, if fan artists want to make it happen i'll i'll have a look at it why not uh next question poll number five did kanamori blind you with science and i really should have led into the actual song then but well you know it's been a long time since I played mgs5 and listened to that first hand so anyway uh nice mistake is said, that yeah is that bl- a metal gear 5 it is yeah <laughs> she blinded awesome. me with science that's good yeah, it's, it's in there uh, 90% of you said owie yes and 10% of you said I'm not looking on purpose or purpose I presume I'm guessing yeah. that you ran out of lessons and you had to just kind of squeeze it in uh, I don't, maybe 
I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But, okay. we, but we can all understand. Undoubtedly. Uh, next and final question. Uh, is I once witnessed the death of a liquor store. The, in fact, no, wait. I'm sorry. Let's try again. <clears throat> is I once witnessed the death of a liquor store. The greatest beginning to a monologue ever. Uh, it's also incidentally the name of my autobiography in a couple of years' time, so do check that out when it comes out. Uh, 86% you said yes, and 14% you said no, and you're wrong, and you should be ashamed of yourself. That's the polls. Uh, where's the lie? <laughs> I, I find none. Mm-hmm. I'm in 100% agreement with you. Too right. There'll be more polls coming up soon. I've already actually preloaded three of them, so there'll be more coming Excellent. along later. Check that out in the YouTube chat when I put them in there. We're going to send them to you all through the Twitter machine. If you're following us at Watery Desho on Twitter, please do, mm-hmm. so you can participate in the vote. Uh, I guess you don't have to to vote, obviously, but like it's just easier. You just get them sent straight to are we, you. Are we being like one of those competitions where them. they say no actual participation required on the small text? You don't have to send shit in to us at RPO box or whatever in order to win. <laughs> <laughs> I, we are in that territory now. Um, but we would like you to vote because... Just as some practice, you know. Let's let's get let's have a, a try. Let's do a practice, you know, to show you voting is good. Voting works. Voting leads to good outcomes, and just this this is uh, our world at stake. Only that's it. That's all. So do the voting and practice with Watery Desho. But now, segue time from you guys doing the Twitter polls to me talking about creatives. That's not a segue at all, but but we're going to now talk about uh, the episode director very briefly here of episode 10, Against Our Independent World, um, or uh, Dokuji Sekai no Tairitz. Against Our Independent World, episode director, Fuga Yamashiro. Um, Yamashiro has directed episode four of Azoken, the Hold That Machete Tight episode, the excellent, excellent episode four. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also did the storyboard for that episode, and they are credited on ANN as assistant director for the entire project. They're also credited in this episode twice as it happens. Oh, yes, that's true. <laughs> on the uh, on the computer screen. Yeah, I, uh, I, I look forward to talking about that moment because that did make me chuckle. That'll be fun. Um, so the only other credit they have on ANN, Yamashiro-san, is uh, production office for the Lou Over the Wall film, which I believe is coming to American Netflix this week. Ooh. So... If you have not seen it, uh, if you haven't picked it up or whatever, you will have the chance to check that movie out. That is a wonderful, wonderful little family film from Yuasa. That is, uh, I want to say that's a 2018 movie, the year that he made two movies, which is <laughs> just, just bonkers. Because you can. Mm-hmm, I know. Um, either 2018 or 2019. It's a very recent production either way. But uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, that is the uh, director. I'm going to Google this in real time here um, because we have the end card illustration by uh, Rodrigo Makoto Matsumura. So Rodrigo 
Makoto Matsumura, did I say? I've already forgotten the name. Um, Masumura, yep. Um, pressing enter. All right. So this is the CV of the individual that did the in-card illustration, which is really fun this week. It's very, um, <laughs> like, angular, <laughs> very square. <laughs> uh, something about it feels very 90s to me as well. <laughs> I really enjoy. I mean, and Asakusa looks particularly frog-like in in this Um but uh, it looks like uh, uh, Masumura has done digital animation on every episode of Azuken except episodes 7 and 10. Uh, they're credited with doing some animation for the ending. And like almost everyone involved with this project, they uh, were involved with Super Shiro. They did uh, animation direction for episode 11 of Super Shiro. Uh, and we've been talked about the, that a lot. We've we've mentioned Super Shiro. Um, it is. It looks like it's a short thing. I don't really know. Um, it looks. It hasn't been reviewed on this site, Anime News Network, but it is something that started last October. And yeah, I'm guessing that it's just a little short. Yep. Uh huh. Um. It is it is a series of shorts from last year. I don't know if it's still ongoing or not, but uh do write in Super Shiro fans and admirers. Alright then. Uh yeah, so... there that we are now that is it for the creatives portion. Alright. So now's the time to talk about the meat of the episode. Who boy? Well Yes. It's time for the summary. Summary brought to you by the sound of Shadan's hands rubbing together. <laughs> it's a glorious, glorious piece of audio. The mm. <laughs> last part of the episode, actually, so this is technically on brand. Okay, so, episode hey, 10. Please don't go uh, sound hunting around my house, by the way. No, this is right. Don't do the sound hunting um, where you don't have permission. Episode 10, uh, a.k.a. the Kind of Money episode. Oh, um, man. So the episode begins with uh, the Azerkin in its clubhouse. Drawing, drawing hanging out, listening to music, just chilling, being cool. Uh, and Kanemori, uh notices that Mizuzaki has some issues with her tan lines. And she's like, yo, uh, is this an issue? And Mizu's like, <laughs> nope, because I haven't gotten any modeling gigs lately because I just don't, don't care right now. And Kanemori is basically like, yeah, guess what? You're going to have to start caring again because... You being famous is a draw for the Azuken. It is a, an interest generator. It's a big hook. So you're going to have to put yourself out there some more. Um, it's not. And when they, they've already kind of been through this, really. This whole, like, you know, ah, but the Azuken can't be about me being a model. Well, it's all about it's the, the way animation. to get them in the door. Yeah. Right, By the way, right. can, I, can I point out what I loved is that when Asuka's just like steps up and goes, oh, it's all about the animation. Uh, <laughs> like the actual animation of her doing that is in, in of itself really elaborate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes. "That's great! I love it!" And she just gets it was a good time. bang shot down. <laughs> um, and when Kanamori, by the way, is doing this, like 
it's sort of a a, a low angle shot, like kind of looking up at her as she's being tall and imposing and she's talking. The only thing I noticed is like you get a really good view of her hands. She's like holding her cell phone, just like hand, Kanamori hand, and then other Kanamori. And I was looking at some other shots for like Asakusa's hands and stuff. Mm. It's really interesting. Like from, and I haven't really paid super much attention to this the whole time, but like, you know, it will be interesting to go back and look because I feel like the way that they draw the hands is sort of this goes back to what we were talking about very early on with it wanting to be the the show really wanting to be kind of gender neutral um, in terms of its characters uh, and the way that they move. And, you know, this just happens to be three girls, but like it doesn't have to be. It's not about that part of it necessarily. Uh, And I think that the way they show the hands in such detail is sort of like in contrast to a way that hands of like, you know, hot anime babes and or cute moe girls hands are shown. (laughs) (laughs) That I want to wake you up. (laughs) I, I, you you know what? No, just carry on, carry on. mm -hmm. I know I will try to anyway. (laughs) Yes, hands is in all caps in my notes here. But uh, so yes, Kanemori pushing, and again, like I said, they they kind of have been through this already. But like, I don't know, this sort of is good. It makes sense, right? Um, Mizu uh, still kind of not that she doesn't understand Kanemori's point of view, but like, oh, I don't wanna. Like, I just want to animate. Like, can't we just be about the animation? It's good. And the plan uh, Kanemori is putting into motion here is um, sending out uh, a flyer digitally um, on social media, etc., of having a voice acting competition for... It wasn't clear to me what roles, but I guess, like, judging by the amount of submissions they got and the paper that you showed me, the screenshot, it looks like for all all parts. All parts. This, um, this, man. If there's one thing I love about shows like Aizigan is that there's oftentimes a lot of like moments where you can just freeze frame on it and there's just so much detail to drink in, so many in-jokes. Because, well, first off, the gentleman who we mentioned before who directed this episode is actually mm-hmm. in this uh, audition uh, folder. And then secondly, there's also two other names that you will undoubtedly notice, one of which is Young Chai who I believe mm-hmm. is one of the senior creators. I don't know the specific role. She is, so yeah. So I'm not going to say She's a very, else. like, a top person, I think, in science, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other, of course, is Mr. Masaki Uasa himself. So it looks like all of the members of Science Saru, or at least a substantial number of them, have actually auditioned for voice acting roles in the <laughs> UFO battle anime, which is just great. Like, I love little, like, in-jokes like that, but it only gets better. Because after that, they then go on to, like... The next page, which is listing all of their um, all of their professions, and first off, Young Choi is noted as a hyper content creator or something like that. I'm like, well, look at the show. I think you can all agree on that, can we not? Um, <laughs> but then the best one, the best one is that it turns out Masaki Uasa is a pâtissier. He makes pastries and sweets from France, and I'm like, 
That's so the, good. I mean, the man, the man is a, a chef in the anime. Like, he's a fucking mm-hmm. artist, as I'm concerned. So if it turned out he was also a master at making shoe pastry, I'd believe it. I would totally believe it. I mean, you could just imagine what the bake days at Science Sarah are like. You know, he's not only a great director, but he just comes in with a giant tray of fucking, like, you know, cream fingers or whatever. Man. I, again, little be details. Great. Love him. That would be great. Um, so, yeah, uh, Mizu is going to be the judge for this voice acting contest. Uh, and again, as a sort of publicity kind of thing, I think it's much less about, like, getting the absolute best voice talent and finding the right roles and more about like, again, advertising, putting themselves out there, um, attaching the Azoken to this famous Insta model Mizuzaki and yeah, just, just garnering attention and fame in the economy of attention as Peter Coffin would, I think, put it. Uh, so, um, interesting, like, thing that i noticed here also is kanamori is badgering asakusa to finish the storyboards to finish the writing right um she's the director the storyboards dictate like what can be done in other areas of the production they are like foundational Mm. and it's interesting that she she being Asakusa, right, and Mizusaki are, like, riffing, coming up with different scenes, like, doing the finale. Oh, it's a party. The finale will be a, a, a party in Chibama. Um, or here's, like, this cool battle scene. But there's no script. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? There's Kanamori says, like, Kanamori stop doing like, up. And, it, like, what she's after in nonsense terms is a kind of internal consistency a logical mm-hmm. consistency uh and yeah. fair play to her i mean granted that's not always necessary in, in all art but i think that maybe she's asking for that not necessarily so much for the sake of the of the actual work itself making sense but more just to keep asakusa on track because if there's one thing asakusa does this episode is that she goes bouncing all over the place like a pinball in terms of like being distracted by coming up with great, like crazy ideas for things, which all are great in their own right. Don't get me wrong. But as well, Kanamori rightly puts it, how about we kind of, you know, finish this one first? Maybe? Yeah, or like how she thinks she says, like, you know, you can't be in the weeds so much until you have an idea of the overall picture. I think she mm-hmm. talks about, like, you've got to have the big picture worked out. We need to know who the villains are. We need to know why they're here. Because um, if you focus on these other details, like, so much, um, it's going to, again, put everybody else behind schedule. And also, it's just difficult to, like like you said, make a coherent kind of project when you... when there's not like a structural outline. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is like the kind of thing that I was thinking about like all those years ago when I made that Gundam Thunderbolt commentary and engaged oh. in, and engaged with like some people um, about like that, that were very like aggressive saying like, you know, Animation is more important than the story. Animation <laughs> story doesn't doesn't matter. 
Um, animation is primary. If you've followed this podcast for any length of time, you know what my feelings on that are. So. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, But. What was I saying? Um, You were saying it reminded you of. I've become unglued for some reason. Uh, It reminded you of the Gundam Thunderbolt thing you were referring to as mm -hmm. like not having a sense of structure. Yeah, like. Uh, and when I, like I said, I, w- I talked to some people that were just very, f- and I don't mind the idea that like animation is more important than the story or, or whatever, but like <sighs> they were I, like, I, that's an opinion you can have. And I'm, that's like totally valid. And I'm, I have no, I don't really take umbrage with that, but like it, it was the, the argument I was engaging with was very much like, you know, animation, like, Basically, the writing has no importance in anime. Animation is everything. Animation, uh, and it was basically I came to find out sort of a re- like a semantic argument because I was like, "What about the storyboards?" And they were like, "That's animation." What about this? Well, that's the animation. What about the director? It's like director does. What about, does what, about anima- <laughs> what about bring a cup of coffee? Animation. <laughs> right. What so about filing like, tax returns? animation (laughs) what about making copies animation um (laughs) yeah it was like um the visuals like everything that was sort of um what i would think of as writing was sort of subsumed under the visuals and maybe Mm -hmm. that's the lesson is that like in anime they're just so inextricably linked that it's hard to like suss out what's what but but i think what i was more maybe trying to get at back then was that Anime isn't just, like, some people going into a room and drawing a bunch of random shit. Like, there has to be a plan. There has to be an idea of, like, apart from what puts what's down on paper, there has to be, like, a structural outline. What is it that we're going to tell? What is it that we're going to draw? Like, is it, it can't just be a random series of images, right? It's going to be, like, something happening. What is happening? What, uh, what are we going to say? What are we going to show? What are we going to try to say? Like, all that stuff. And I think, like, <laughs> the, the Miyazaki, yes, yeah. the Miyazaki beard was amazing in that part. I, was, I wrote that down in the, in the margins, like, is this a Hayao Miyazaki cosplay? I think, yes, the, the color of plaid definitely gives that away. Oh, anyway. I've, seen, I've seen pictures with comparisons. It definitely is him. Okay, good. Good. I, I figured as much. Oh, before um, I forget, folks, just to intervene, uh, all of the polls are now up as well, so do check them out at Warriadesh on Twitter. There are five of them. I've actually prepared ahead of time. So get on that. Boom. How many are up? Five. Five whole balls. Um, do vote. Do vote now. And again, we'll read you the... We'll, we'll update you on... The results at the end of the episode how they're going um so anyway uh this is going on and then the student council shows up the very vocal secretary uh is there and is the i think the red-haired girl is the president you are a sort of emotive loud screamy person and the chiller lady is the secretary. She often, though, is sort of cast in the role of like the leader. She's really yeah. running things. If and... I may, uh, if I may note back to something Cesar said in chat earlier about how they were all standing in JoJo's poses, 
Uh, I agree with you, Cesar. And the only thing that's missing is the, uh, I think it's the Cascara or whatever it is for menacing that appears in JoJo's. Mm, mm-hmm. They needed to have that as well. So the, the Azerkin is summoned to like the school, a, a board meeting or like to meet with like the principal and the vice principal, top school officials, because Azerkin is making money from their DVD sales. And this is very bad for some reason. Um, this meeting is about why it's bad, trying to convince them that it's bad and not to do it before they just straight up tell them, okay, arguing, it doesn't matter. You just can't do this. There's a, a, some really great stuff in this scene. Um, oh, yeah. The, like, bakimonogatari, like, looking up. Of An expression I've had numerous times in my life. And then the secretary will not be outdone, and so she's walking around like this. With her hand, yeah. it's it's incredible. It's there, a, there, it's was, a there was by neck the way. Off. <laughs> speaking of the secretary, I want to give her a shout out for what I think is possibly the most amazing bit of shade under the table that I have ever seen in anime, like or at least in recent anime. And it goes something a bit like this: Kanamori like says something to the effects of, "Good God, the only people who ever become teachers are fools." <laughs> and then, of course, then of course, you get the president who's just like. <gasps> No! All teachers are amazing! <laughs> How dare you? Yes. Exactly. Objection. And, and then, of course, uh, the secretary says, you know, I think you might make a good teacher someday. And I'm like, ah, love it! Ooh. Get burned. That's that right, Sephir uh, Knight. Definitely full shaft, I, I felt in those moments. But yeah, no, that was also some amazing Shane. I, I loved that too. Um, I also loved what, listen... I'm considering this a jeweler Richard shout out. <laughs> oh, when... the leg cross. <laughs> yes. Shit, yes. yes. That's the power move. That is the power when... move of our times. It just suddenly cuts to Kanamori crossing her legs in a way different from Richard, uh, but still crossing her legs. You, it's full the frame. This is like claps her hands together and just like, well. <laughs> Royal milk tea, please, Asakusa. Um, yeah, she does that before going on to crush them, crush them all. And I really love everything about the discussion in the scene, but I think we should probably save it for the discussion section. Yeah, I do, I do have a fair bit to say on this. Mm-hmm. So again, basically, it's uh, the school sort of trying to argue down the Azokin. Can't really do it. So in the end, they just say, well, guess what? You're doing things our way. Just deal with it. Um, and then we get, uh, let's see, we get a montage. We get uh, one of two montages. This is the longer of the two. And we see Mizuzaki doing a new advertisement. You know, she's doing a new shoot. Uh, we see Asakusa doing her animations, drawings. And then, of course, we see the voice acting competition uh, flyer get sent out mm-hmm. we see grandma um she mad uh at that this is going on but this shit is happening so just deal with it um what did i write here oh my goodness oh okay <laughs> i can read it now. yeah you should have held it up to your camera doc so you could have tried to uh it's, it's rough looking dude i don't want to i don't want to hurt anybody it's probably better than my hand right to be fair mine is uh oh no I mean, I don't know, if people discover, like, my notes on anime, like, in, say, 20,000 years' time, you know, imagine you aliens rifling through the ruins of Earth. They'll pick my notes and be like, what the fuck is this? 
They won't be like, we can't possibly understand the genius of this man. They'll be like, no, this is dog shit. <laughs> Gone. So this is like, a... Navy brings up a really interesting thing. Um, did you have that as a talking point or should we talk about it? Uh, we can save it for later, but I think it is an excellent observation. It falls in the Okay, did, do you... Okay, I don't have a note on that, but do you have a note on that? I don't want to forget it. Well, I did have something to say in tandem with that about the whole okay. discussion. So we'll probably end up touching on that anyway, because uh, I do want to talk about money specifically. But we'll come to that after the summary. All right, I'm just making a note. So not money, efficiency. Because I'd like to kind of break that down. Is that, our new, the... is that our new patron strategy? Uh-huh. Yep, that's it. Um... <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so yeah, um, we see a really interesting attempt to go into the greatest world in this episode because they start to go in and has this happened before where the story's not complete and Kanamori pulls her out of it, basically? It's, we've seen moments where the greatest world has been stopped and it's tracked by outside interruptions, but nothing that kind of, to my memory, kind of bridges the two here where literally she's like, stop, boop, 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 and then in a really, really nice visual touch, by the way, the reason that like the, the people inside the UFOs, they're so badly drawn because they are literally the last thing that Asakusa's thought of when composing this scene. And I'm glad that they actually brought that into focus as a visual way of explaining that. That was really neat. I know. Um, and I really liked the fact that she melted into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> this was and also Mizuzaki... after the... Sorry, go Oh, Mizuzaki is just always like along for the ride having fun. No matter what happens, she's just like, <laughs> you know, as long as I'm melted into the ground, isn't that great? Uh, yeah, she's I so funny. That. I love uh, this that. Is, this is after the uh, Miyazaki thing, by the way, which is also mm-hmm. in its own right great. I, I, I wonder what his reaction would be to seeing this, because if I may say so, mm. uh, I'm fairly confident from memory that Miyazaki has gone on record saying that he hates stuff like 3D CG and things like that. He but, do. And yet Science Saru, uh, and I can say this with pretty much certainty, given I've seen it in both Ride Your Wave and in Azekin, and I'm fairly confident Crybaby also used it as well, the shows that I've seen. Like, they do utilize those tools. So it feels interesting to me to see that they're shouting him out, but they're doing things that he would find antithetical to the nature of creating anime, which, I don't know, I'm sure there's a lesson to be learned in there somewhere. We can probably make up more jokes about quotes about him that never actually were true or deeply misattributed here. But yeah, um... Nice shout, nonetheless, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe trying to, like, <laughs> bring the grumpy papa into... Cesar makes a great point. What if it turned out the final boss, if you would, of Azekin is Miyazaki? What if, um, what, if, what if Miyazaki's the one who needs to keep his hands off the Azekin? Oh, surely they won't do that, though. Surely nah, they I'm, won't. No, uh, I know, I know. <laughs> throw shade at, a, like, one of the... It'll be John Waters. There we go. Yeah. Yes, please do that. Um, but, but yeah, like I, may, maybe the idea is to try to like, I don't know, bring bring Grumpy Papa into the fold somehow, like by showing him in an approving light, or like I don't know, just referencing him at all, like sort of. I don't know. Maybe maybe he just needs to see the right things. I don't really know if how much anime he watched. I mean, he says he doesn't really like anime. Uh, in other words, like what anime is and what it's become, the content. Uh, but we're not talking about uh, Ghibli-man. 
Uh, we're talking about Domeki taking the first snap ever in her entire life, <laughs> which was incredible. Like, what a great moment. Like, these little, like, almost vignettes. Like, I talked about it last week, um, with the kind of uh, quiet, like, they're kind of wandering through the city. And it's very chill and not really much is happening to push forward the story. Mm-hmm. Um, this is that kind of scene. And I, I, these are really like humanizing and they're really fun. And uh, they make it feel like that the show is half an hour spent hanging out with your friends and mm-hmm. not just yes. a, didact- yes. a didactic like. Here's why anime that's is such cool. An, that's such an incredible way of putting that. And now that you said that, it makes me feel very sad that it will only be two weeks from yesterday that we will see the final episode. Oh, this is going to be a rough one. I we... hate my I hate my brain so much for thinking up these things <laughs> and just making me like, oh shit. We've we've had some some rough losses over over the years. It was hard to part with, you know. It, it, it was hard to part with MMO Junkie. It was hard to part with Banana Fish, although, you know, we were pretty battered by that one. Uh, I hated leaving Neverland. I hated leaving Saras and Mai. I, I took that one really hard. Uh, uh, it, this this one could be the worst one yet. Well, it's, it's like I've always said, though. The best kind of uh, closure to a story should be one where the audience does want more. But not to the mm-hmm. point where they're like, because what we got was like hollow or absent, but rather because we what we got was so good. Yeah. But you know, that's the point when it's always a good time to end off, rather than continuing on into perpetuity and just diluting your own premise. So anyway, we're not we're not there yet. We're not there. Mm. We're not there yet. No, we're still in the thick of it. Uh so we learn about Domeki's um sound hunt. Um <sighs> and Asakusa kind of invites herself along <laughs> and Mizusaki. Uh, they, and, and Kanamori too, right? Um, mm-hmm. she, she comes along, but she's sort of the objector. She's like, hey, why are we doing this? Do the fucking storyboards. We talked about them. Asakusa convinces her, saying like, look, I'm trying to get ideas too. This is not just about skipping out on work. Bear with me. Let's all do this. Uh, and I, you know, I didn't mention the Akira bike slide that happens in this scene, um, which rules the oft referenced, uh, often imitated, but never duplicated uh, Akira bike slide. A yeah. Piece of I genius. Mean, I mean, just to give you guys some idea, I retweeted this uh, and I, at some point I will actually retweet this on the Warrior Destro account. Uh, there is a compilation of all the references that have been made to the Akira bike slide. And just off the top of my head from what I've seen, you've got... Batman the Animated Series, you've got The Simpsons, you've got Pokemon, uh, you have Monogatari. It's one of the Monogatari's anyway. I don't know exactly which one it is because I haven't seen it, but I, I know that much at least. Adventure Time has done it. Star Wars, Clone Wars has done it. Like, it's iconic. I'm willing to bet. I'm punchline. willing to bet. I remember Punchline did it in an interesting way. Does that I, Is that referenced in your list? You I don't that? know what Punchline is. Okay, there, okay, so. okay. But I'm willing to bet you this right. In the same way that you could never have watched Star Trek but have a reasonably good idea who Captain Kirk or Captain Picard are, I reckon if you've never watched Akira in full, and uh, spoilers here, I actually haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I knew that would make you laugh. That definitely sweet. has to be um, amended at some you, point in the future. You are it's a doctor. So, you are a doctor. Technically, you could call out a disease and prescribe me a treatment. It's um, so good. You have to see it. It's great. But, but the point I'm making is that I reckon even if you haven't seen it in full, you would still recognize that bike slide. Or the gun. Because everyone knows the gun. The gun? Oh. From the cover. The gun. Yes, of course. Took me a moment. Um, yeah, it is funny how like um, scenes like that kind of... Uh, uh, they get put into the water, so to speak. It, is, like, it escapes like the... How shall I put this? The confines of anime as a culture in itself and becomes more part of wider pop culture. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's the point where it's recognizable uh, to people who aren't even necessarily anime fans or maybe you've only ever glanced it. I remember ah, that scene. Thank you. you know, thank you. That's... Thank you, Navy. Uh, Navy's just clarified the Akira bike slide is from Nisei Monogatari. Got it. Uh, I, I have seen it and. I'd forgotten that happened in in Nisei. Um, it's been it's been a number of years since I've seen it, um, but uh, maybe time to revisit Nisei Monogatari. Indeed, um, I, well, rather me to visit it. Period. Mm, yes. Well, that that one would be that would be an interesting one for you. That one, um, that one's pretty spicy, and that's when I first discovered Nick Creamer on Reddit, Bobta. Ah writing essays about Nisei Monogatari and why it's, like, not... What's the right way to phrase that? that the, 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 the stuff that a lot of people think is problematic is not that problematic in terms of being exploitative and what have you. Um, it just seems too weird. It's pretty weird, uh, to be fair, Cesar, but, like, it's it's also... Um, uh, gosh, it's, it's tough to recommend in some ways because it definitely has some sensibilities about it that uh, are contrary to a lot of what people think is like tasteful and uh, acceptable. Um, And like, um, so so, so it it pushes people's buttons uh, in, in the fan service uh, thing and the, the the minor thing and the familial thing um but 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 in my opinion um it also features some magnificent character writing some truly mm-hmm. incredible background art and animation uh it's cinematically just it's like super a lucid, impressive yeah it's like a lucid dream uh, mm-hmm. i've only admittedly seen the very first one which is sandra gahara's uh introduction story uh, which i've also mm-hmm. actually read in novel form i believe or not but i'm not otherwise watched any of the material after that point, even though I do have it on DVD and probably should get around to that. Uh, but yeah, I definitely recommend at least the first one, uh, Shenzhou Kahara's story in it itself alone. Uh, the rest of it, I say, can't comment. Uh, I know of some issues with some stuff it. I mean, I read the snail story and even then I was leaning for it, I was like, fuck, okay. Uh, but yeah, something I will definitely revisit at some point. <clears throat> anyway, anyway. Yeah, yeah. That one is one that I can't, I know that there's value to reading the books because they were books first, but um, I just love the way Shaft have made that, like have realized those stories visually to where I can't really imagine getting the same thing out of it. It's sort of a real holistic audiovisual experience to me. Um, and 
yeah, it's just it's it's quite a thing. It's it's quite a thing. It's a thing that I don't begrudge people for having issues with, though. I will say, um, but it is a, a remarkable production. Uh, anyway, God damn it, we got really sidetracked <laughs> onto Monogatari. Um, but we're talking about the bike slide uh, and scenario hunting, uh, and we get our second montage here—the much shorter montage of uh, seeing the crew. Uh, hunting for sounds in the woods, listening, setting up their equipment. Raccoons are spied there, you know, spirit mother in Ascusa. They're in the, so they're in the like the mid right of the frame, just mm-hmm. watching and waiting. Like, hello, mom. It's been a while. Yes, <laughs> straight up, so good raccoon stuff. Um, and then they get to uh, their destination, which is the other side of the the lake, um, underneath the clock tower. And they have some some more really cool moments of um, so uh, Asakusa gets inspired by the clock tower, inspired by the setting, starts coming up when riffing with the, on these other ideas. Katamori again gets her in a headlock and is like, "Look, would you please finish the project you're working on before you start new projects?" Um, oh yeah, the the biking scene, like the, the them riding through the woods, like actually biking up the cliff was super good. If you've that seen Roger really Wave, you know, if you've seen Roger Wave, you know that Science Saru, they've got like, you know, the art of anime scene biking down to a T. I have only seen um uh Yaomushi pedal in terms of like the biking stuff. And I don't know if like if I can't remember it well enough to remember if it's as good as this, but uh, but goddamn, this was a really smooth bike ride. It really looked great. And there's some scenes in the woods and in the bike ride where like the characters kind of lose their outlines, so everything looks like softer and a little bit like everything like sort of bleeds into each other. Not that's not really, it, but but there's a borderlessness to the characters that mm-hmm. has the gives a sense of motion. Yeah, and like they they just kind of feel more a part of the environment rather than set apart from it without those without those outlines. Um, Yukinon is right to point out the Ojimbo reference at the top of the clock tower. Oh and that man, was fun. Yojimbo! I like. I'm just gonna nerd out a little bit here about Yojimbo because I mean it's a it's a Kurosawa film, so that's already your endorsement. But it is the if you didn't know, it is the blueprint for Fistful of Dollars. It is based on the same story, just with the possibly the world's first instance of the find and replace being employed, in this case uh, for Ronin, or Samurai, for Cowboy. Uh, and it's great. Uh, I would definitely recommend you check out Yojimbo if you've got any interest in seeing where Fistful of Dollars as a story came from, or even just Kurosawa's film work in general, because it's just mm-hmm. fantastic. And the fact that referencing here, I'm just like, yes, please carry on. Don't mind me. You keep, you keep referencing all these great things. Don't let me stop you. <laughs> Um, so I, I didn't know it was a reference to Yojimbo because I haven't seen that film. Um, I've not, I haven't seen a lot of Kurosawa movies. Um, I think the only one I might have seen, and I don't even know if I've seen all of it, is Seven Samurai. There's like, I mean, I know it's like a huge, like, hole in my media. I haven't seen that to be fair. That needs to be reflected. Um, have you seen The Magnificent Seven? new oh, okay so it's like a western version of that they're both great um but uh 
What was I gonna say? Shoot, someone said something in the chat. Um, Yalpeta. Uh, oh, Yojimbo. Uh, when you say that, I only because I only I, I think of Kurosawa second, and I think of Usagi Yojimbo first. Are you familiar with Usagi Yojimbo? Google Usagi Yojimbo. It's a cool comic book about uh, a rabbit who is a Yojimbo. Um, by Stan Sakai. It's it's neat. It's really neat. Uh, It's a cool... I I really love anthropomorphized animals and stories, so, like, anytime I see, you know, a a movie, a book, uh, a comic book that's, you know, about animal people, people animals, you know, from Beastars to Watership Down to YouTube, like, it's immediately grabbed my interest. (laughs) Um, For some reason, I just love that as a storytelling device. Um uh okay, okay. So um Asakusa figures out how she's gonna integrate all of her kind of rough ideas that she's had with the big story, with the one that they're working on now. Uh we have Domeki recording the bell sound. That scene was pretty awesome. The like, hold your breath, guys. <gasps> boom, boom. Like that was so cool. I really liked that a lot. Um and uh, here's the thing that I noticed. Um, oh, is there something that you can see behind Kanamori's backpack? I apologize. I can fix that. Um, that is... There we go. It should be gone now. I- I'm um, really just a ghost. No, like, yeah. I- I've- it's about time I just confessed to you all, I am actually a spirit. You're all characters in our remake of The Sixth Sense. You can see dead people, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, it was it was Alex's chat window, so. Um, oh, he's the ghost, is he? His voice window, but but it was you because that surface area is now occupied by your window. So it was just I thought I had it covered, but apparently sticking it behind the fucking background was not enough. I actually had to to click the eyeball. Uh, and get it to get it to go away. Um, <laughs> yes, ghostly Shadon is now gone. Um, anyway, anyway, uh, did you notice this, Shadon? Tell me if you think this is completely insignificant because it might be. Um, when <laughs> I'll start doing the ghost noises more often if y'all enjoy it, Emily. God. That was terrible. I apologize. That was, was that's pretty rough. That one. That's a ghost in training. Still, they haven't done their. That's that's a, that's a Casper right there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um. So, yeah, when the group is very silent, recording the sound of the bell, they're together, and then they let their breath go, and they move away from each other. Everyone goes to the right. Except Kanamori. She yep, goes she's to the completely, completely statuesque. I, yep. No, she goes to the left. She goes a no, different she, way. She just, I mean, she doesn't even allow a breath from my memory either. Yeah, yeah. But, well, the, the, the point, um, the question is, like, do you think the group splitting like that with everyone going one way and Kanamori going another? Is, does that even matter? <laughs> well, I think that's pretty on point for the entire arc of the episode for the most part, which is, you know, <clears throat> uh, Kanamori's got one idea, and Asakusa in particular's got another. Mm-hmm. But, like, everyone went with 
Asakusa, right? Mizu Dundomeki. Well, they're the maybe they're like more, all the free spirits. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. I would agree. Okay. Um, I don't think it means that there's any like seismic split happening at the 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 fabric of like the the group or anything like that. Um, I just thought it, this is interesting. Um, so. Let's see. Uh, I have down in my notes uh, Kanamori protecting Asakusa and Mizuzaki from scary real shit in the world because <laughs> uh, the adults have an adult conversation. You know, the secretary comes by uh, where the girls are at the the, the um, they're at the, the lake, side. skipping stones, riverside, uh, recording more sounds, and the student council secretary shows up and mommy. And the other grown-up have adult talk, and the little girls get to play still. She's, like, shielding them from, I feel like, all the, like, scary potential stuff that gets brought up. Mm -hmm. That's what she is. She's a bridge between the harsh reality of the outside and what they're ultimately wanting to do. Trying to, you know, meet in the middle a little bit. Although, really, I think Kanamori should just literally, you know, say to the school, yay the boss of me. Or them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kindly, kindly fuck off. In that direction, if you'd like. Although you can, you can choose. I'll let you decide. And there's like a really, like... So the scene at the end when Asakusa sort of brings the secretary in yes. to, the, to the world by showing yes. her the machine that they've been like, look what we built. This is for layering sounds um, like you would layer pictures to create... Uh, an environment to create an aesthetic um the chimes they're layered on each other um uh, and on the sound of the clicking and you know the secretary is still kind of off on her own but she is also part of the greatest world um mm-hmm. vision that that comes up and i feel like this is a cool sort of way of saying like you know maybe she's on their side a little bit or maybe she's coming around or maybe in addition to like so there's one way you could get through to somebody you could argue with them right you could Kanamori and her go back and forth they have been going back and forth arguing um or you could show them like the power of an idea you could mm. expose you could expose them to some kind of like media culture book song uh video and it's like that is a way that you could also bring someone into into your cause, onto your side. Like you could connect with them rather than just directly trying to talk to them. Like what you had to say is well, like embodied in like this piece of media. Well, or something. You're right because again, nice thing about structure of the episode here is we kind of open at least before the OP comes in, which to me is like the start of the episode. This is something I discussed in our Jula Richard podcast about how. It's important what you put before an OP, it's important what you put after, and it's also very important where you put it in the actual length of the episode and the runtime. Uh, so just before the OP, we have the meeting. Mm-hmm. And that's Kanamori's way, or her attempt, to try and convince the school and the uh, the council, hey, this is why we're doing this. Uh, get out of our way. Let us do our thing. And that's certainly one way of going about things, don't get me wrong. And I think that, you know, you wouldn't want to Get, you want to use all the tools available mm-hmm. at your disposal to convince someone. 
But I think what Kanamori has not realised, not because of any problem with her, it just is how it is, you know. We all don't necessarily see things the same way as everyone else. But one thing I don't think she's realised is that, as you've rightly pointed out, the episode then ends, we're book-ending things here, you see, uh, with Asakusa completely inadvertently, by the way. She's not doing it directly, but I think more it's just her powerful enthusiasm has become Mm -hmm. uh, infectious. Indeed, I should note, the secretary is part of the greatest world a little bit earlier, a couple of minutes earlier as well. They're stood in the group with mm. them uh, when they're talking about the construction of the uh, clock tower. Um, mm. But yeah, it ends with um, her being brought into the Greatest World as well. And that's when she says, hey, they're in their own little world as well. And that's when there's that little like kernel of understanding that Stein's sprout there. Mm-hmm. And different method of going about it to try and convince them and get them onto their side. Um, but both of them are still valuable. But it's interesting to see how the show is making a point that it's not simply just arguing about the economics or the efficiencies or the means by which you do it, or even just the straight up, I don't know, the ethics of it. Like, hey, let them do what they want to do. But it's also about trying to impart the creative value of something as mm-hmm. well that's equally important. Like, Kanamori's kind of only been going around the core idea, if you will, in trying to express it. Because that's what she knows. That's her language. That's the way yeah. she speaks. That's what she talks in. But show again will point out through Ascusa that hey we need to bring all of this together to convince people that hey we should be allowed the latitude to do what we want I'd like to point out that you left out uh, like one of uh, the key scenes at the end oh Uh, it does not end directly on that it ends with Kanamori putting Asakusa in the Cobra twist (laughs) We didn't point it out. This, <laughs> this is the one of the most famous finishing holds in Japanese wrestling. It was um, the finishing move of Antonio Inoki, who was like a huge and still is really a huge presence in some ways. Like historically, his shadow is long cast over New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, he was uh, he he ran it for a while. Uh, he was champ for a while. Um, not involved currently and not the greatest relationship with the company uh, at this moment, but still a much beloved and historical and important figure to Japanese wrestling. And yeah, Cobra Twist, baby. <laughs> like, I'm it, surprised she'd literally twist Askuza's head off like the top of a bottle. <laughs> like... That would have, like, have been a great greatest world visual, by the way. Like, like, I know what's in here is really valuable. But, you know, you need to focus. <laughs> and just pops it back on. So Shadan advocating for the decapitation of Asakusa here. The headings. <laughs> the the Looney Tune style com- <laughs> comedic decapitation. I mean, what about if we got a Tom and Jerry moment where one of them gets flattened into a pancake and has to walk? <laughs> I could see it. I definitely um, actually, I could see that. Yes. Yeah. For, for sure. Know. For sure. Well, that's the episode, um, and before we get into our uh, discussion, I think we're going to take a very short break. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll be right back, folks. Do not adjust your internet browsers. Okay, I have us both muted, so I'm going to go take a quick bio break. So will I.
You all good, lad? All right. Should I go in like like this with the blue stripes? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, you you do you, man. I was not where if I was not at at, at work, I would. Um, okay. well, I'm not at work, so I currently have a can of love and hate. <laughs> it's seven point two percent. Should be strong. Well, stream. We have not gone back live. Um, are you ready? Oh, yes. seven seven point two percent. That is hot. Yes. Good. All right. All right. We're going to go back in three, two. Okay. We're back. Um, now... Thank you for your patience there, folks. Yep. Thank you. Uh, now we are, we are better able to discuss. So I, I'm, I'm better equipped. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, wow. You have a nice one yep. there. Yep. Love and, love and hate. 7.2%. It's also instantly the name of all, or rather the text of every review ever posted there on Amazon. <laughs> you know, is there a, they... is there a, a thin red line on there or, Maybe I'm truth mixing, in, mixing truth my... and advertising. <laughs> as long as you're not mixing your drinks. Yes, I'm, mix, I'm mixing up my cliches. Because um, there's All a right. thin line between love and hate, but not a thin red line. I think the thin red line is something. Anyway, fucking who cares? Uh, I'm going <laughs> to throw the mic to you to talk and discuss All things. All right, then. Let's get right into the big one. Let's talk about the meeting at the very beginning of the episode. So okay. there's a couple of directional touches I firstly want to point out in terms of the way that this is staged and where characters sit that I think is really important. First off, I love how there's just a massive amount of distance between like the Azekin and the actual teachers. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a visual that's a visual display of like how far apart they are in terms of like actual viewpoints. But then look at the like the actual um, layout of the room and also who sat where. So we have the student council people closest to the Azekin, and then we have their advisor in between the student council and the teachers. And I thought this was great for a couple of reasons. First off, he seems to be playing something playing on games. a mobile phone. I mean, what is he? I could just imagine like he's there, like oh yes, well I could be helping the Azekin, but excuse me. Oh my god, I got Namaya. Exactly. Yes, finally, exactly. my Grand Blue Versus yep. my Grand Blue Versus game is complete. Yes, uh, <laughs> it's all like anyway. it's a fucking free event, or it's it's the big event. They're like, I gotta be, you know, it's your fault for scheduling this meeting during the time when this tickets. kicks off. <laughs> exactly. But the jokes aside, I'd argue that if you're a club representative on um, a teacher's side, that is, you should be an advocate for them. But he's not doing that. Not only is he not doing that in terms of simply being distracted by diddling about on his fucking phone playing Snake or whatever, but also note where he's sat. He's furthest away from them, even though he should really be sat next to them. And he offers no comment whatsoever. So that's very telling in its own right. Uh, but then, what a jackass. As a, I know. <laughs> but also as a foreshadowing to how uh, the secretary is going more on board with the ace, can she sat closest to them? So that's mm, mean of itself. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. dramatic staging, I like this stuff. Give me more of it, please. But then it goes beyond that. Let's start talking about what's actually said in this yeah. discussion. So first off, I think I should note, I don't recall, having now watched the episode twice, that there's actually a single concrete reason that the teachers give for why they shouldn't do it. It's all about politics and image and da, da, da. Like, I guess it depends no on actual- how, how concrete you think that is. You know what I, I mean? I, 
I think Kanamori was trying to pluck at the thread of, well, what's the actual, like, reasoning here, rather than just speaking in broad strokes and platitudes. I mean, yeah. the guy is actually looking through what I presume to be the school's rule book. Uh-huh. But the rules themselves, like, what's the meaning behind them? Like, what's the consequence of the Azekin selling their stuff for money at Comic uh, Comic A? I almost said Comic Care, but well, it is Comic Care. Fuck it, we'll call it Comic Yeah, sure, yes. Whatever, whatever. Um, like, what's the actual consequence? Mm-hmm. Like, give like me the core give of hard, the... grounded idea behind this. Mm-hmm. The core of the argument seems to be, like, you know... The school is all about uh, education and enrichment, and every all those activities have to sort of have that aspect to them. And Kanamori is like, "Tell me why running a business is not that?" Exactly, and they, and they, and they can't. Exactly. I mean, let me ask you, folks in the audience here. And this also goes for you too, Doc. And if you're listening at home on the VOD, you can also answer this as well. Have you ever attended a Comic Con style event? I've never been to a convention, though. Okay, I have. I've been to you several. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll tell you this, right? Comic-Con, in, as a general term, and not in just a specific event, is a big deal for creators to go sell their wares, like particularly if you're an indie artist. I actually know uh, the gentleman who did our very first cover art of Cheryl doing the Pulp Fiction pose, uh, Triple B, shouts to you, man, if you're listening. Uh, he actually, I've spoken to him at uh, these events where he sets up stalls and such. So he'll be selling like, you know, pictures, doing commissions and stuff like that. So why am I bringing this up? Because I would argue that if you are wanting to become an indie creator of anything these days and you want to sell your merch, you need to find a place to do that. And what better experience could you have than doing that while you still have the relative safety net of doing it inside a school environment with a school to back you up? This to me seems like a golden opportunity that the teachers should be allowing them to do, to have them just cut loose a little bit, go and do their thing at Comet A and learn from it. And then they even keep the money for themselves. But they're not doing it. They're only talking in abstract terms of image for the school and all that. Like, it's like there's any actual grounded basis for this. And I find this really compelling from Azekin's part as a work that it's willing to take this stance. It seems very punk almost, would you say? In mm. this kind of in this kind of way of describing it. Now, Sophie's actually brought up something that I hadn't considered, which was maybe it's about child labor. Because in theory, if you were on the outside looking in, you're allowing them to go and make money and then, like, et cetera, et cetera. It's going back. I and can then, see um, it being read that way. Yeah, when Cesar says, like, that if the Azo can make money, do they not then owe percentages to other clubs for their for their labor? Well, that, I don't really that, know how, like, if the Azo can is already paying them or, or how that's yeah. working. Well, well, in that case, then that in turn could be part of the educational experience. How do you divvy up the you know, the profits to the creators. I mean, it's not like that's a com- really contentious issue in the anime industry or writers. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. But I, for me, like, I really, really appreciate how Azekin is actually being kind of critical of the established order here. It's like, hey, let's rethink things here a little bit. Like, you know, we, we why not? Why can they not do this? What's the actual mm-hmm. problem? And they never give an answer for that. And even though, as we've speculated on ideas here in the material itself, I think it's going to be up to each of us to decide if the fact that, for example, Asian doesn't bring up things like child labor, et cetera, et cetera, uh, is that a fault of the show? Or is that deliberate omission because the characters themselves don't, like as in the teachers, don't know that? I mean, he's clearly looking at the rule books to try and figure some out some idea, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of why they're doing this. But I find it really refreshing, and I say 
appeals to my inner punk here, but it's willing to question the established order of things in such a way and say, hey, maybe the education system is given isn't the best Mm -hmm. for actually allowing these kids to fully explore their craft and even just beyond the craft, the actual business of it. So I I think it doesn't bring up the child labor laws because I think it's not germane to the, like the show, Mm. like I was sort of saying earlier, but in a different way, it's not really about like kids or like these three kids, you know, it's like the celebration of anime and the industry and people in it and how it gets Mm. made. And like, it's more about that. I think the cons- I think the the angle that is most productive, in my opinion, to look at this whole thing from is how is it all kind of analogous to uh, the current anime industry and the standards and practices therein. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Now, having said that, I do think that there are really interesting things, like you were saying, that you could uh, that you could talk about regarding like schools and and all this stuff because Mm. i mean this whole meeting just infuriated me like it was such like uh like it was really just administrators waving their hands and saying we think we don't know we think that other people may have a problem with this so we're not going to let you do it but the chamber of commerce has actually said it's okay like you know they've gone to an over a different government agency for approval and they've got Mm -hmm. it well, I think crazy, it's more, it? yeah, I think it's oh, more like that's, unknown that's not me, unknowns. That's not me saying that's a contradiction or that makes, that's a plot or anything. I'm saying that that's yes. a, legitimate, a legitimate point in the story. It, it is. It just goes to show they're just spinning a yarn here. There's, you know, pulling red tape out of nowhere. Well, then they give this argument that I feel like is is where, um, where the analog to adults working in anime or other industries really comes in when... Basically, what they say, like, they give something akin to, we'll pay you an exposure. Um, oh, when, God. When, they, when they're basically like... You know Katamori would strangle the person, the people mm-hmm. who do that. Yes. Know. Yes, she would. Because, so if that seems like a stretch, basically what I'm saying is, like, when the uh, the the older lady of the two on the... Um, on the school board or whatever. I'm assuming she's the principal. She seems like the the sort of senior administration figure. Um, she seems old, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> she when uh, she was she's basically saying like, why do you need to make money? The effort of doing this should be its own reward. Um, you know, you have all these. It's like oh, team building yeah. exercise. It's um, seeing a project through to completion, like you know all these my, things are, you can't put a price on that. <laughs> you know what my blunt answer would that be? In the real world, you know, effort being its own reward won't put food on my fucking table. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that from my perspective, but I, like I said, I've spoken to people like who make do paycheck to paycheck, and I say paycheck in the loosest sense here, Yeah, from what they're making from, you know, f- commissions and such and selling at these events, which are a big deal for them revenue-wise. So it's crazy. I mean, I had a point about this, but I'll come back to it a second anyway. Back to you, Doc. I'll uh, yeah, well, say on this. Well, I just think like the the takeaway mm. from this is like if you're doing if you're doing the equivalent amount of labor that professionals do, and you're putting together a product, and you can put that product out there, and it can sell, and everything like that, like. 
I don't know. I think like you you ought to be paid for it regardless of the I think just because they have the advantage of doing this at school doesn't offset the fact that they deserve to be paid for their work. Basically oh, is what my and and well, and they and the school and the student council in particular also don't believe that. You know, they mm. think like being part of the school and being in that ecosystem and like is like a platform to work. It gives you all this time. And basically the rewards that you get for that are like in doing the project yourself and seeing it through. And all those things are valuable, but it's sort of like, um, it strikes me as really similar to um, the argument that happens a lot when talking about um, uh, university sport here in America, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, Shadon, but like, well, so are you, you're familiar with American football, right? Uh, like not the rules it. or whatever, but like, you know what happened, you know, it's a very violent sport. Oh yeah. I know that, you know, the rates for like brain injury and such and like, Damaged brain tissue mm-hmm. is higher. Yes, in, uh, in, in athletes from that sport. Mm-hmm. So, yep, no surprises there. So, a very, very um, lucrative and popular sport is university level football. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you have these kids that are going to college, uh, playing football, putting their lives and bodies and futures on the line for these universities, so so that the universities can make millions and millions and millions of dollars Mm. so that not just like the presidents or the athletic directors, but even the coaches, the the coaches of these college kids make millions and millions of dollars. Like it's not an exaggeration. And the student athletes get paid zero dollars. And it is upon, and it is upon their backs that this huge financial uh, sort of gain for the university is built. And yet people say, well, they get to go to college for free. They get the college experience. They get a college degree. They get college life. A college degree in what? Fucking brain damage. <laughs> well, it could be in whatever they want, but <laughs> I take your point. Paid, yeah. They get paid exposure. <laughs> they do. It's they get true. paid an exposure to head trauma. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, oh, God. Um, <laughs> like, which, but, and, and it's true. It's like the sim. it, it strikes me as a very similar argument. Like, cause you have this, yeah. these people saying like, well, they're they're getting like these great advantages that other people don't get. They're getting to go to school. They're getting the like the in th- these innate inherent goods that are supposed to be like equivalent to making money or whatever, but like they're not. <laughs> and well, it's the same kind of deal that the school is spitting to these kids. Like, oh, they're getting this school time to work. They're getting this environment. They're getting uh, a chance to bond with each other. They're getting all this shit, but it just see it just rings hollow to me because they are um, they are they are burning the candle that is their professional lives still, and so yeah. I think that they ought to be paid. Well, if I may expand on that as well, um, I don't. I'm not saying that you necessarily entirely need to agree with the point I'm about to make, Doc. But I imagine you will think that there's a grain of truth in it. Do you think a substantial amount of school, particularly high school and elementary, that the only thing it ever really teaches you is how to take tests. Unfortunately, yes. Yes, yes. absolutely. Uh, and that's and, a shame. Like, I I have very different ideas of what uh, col- well, university should be. 
than is happening right now. And it's pretty infuriating. And it goes back to, not to totally steal your point, but like you brought this up earlier. And Kanamori says herself, you know, when you were talking about their sponsor, their faculty sponsor, Shadon, when Kanamori says like, what is the point of an education system that won't stand up for its students? Exactly. Like, exactly. I feel like so often they're like concerned with, who is on the board and who is giving them money, you know, rather than the kid. And it's, you know, it's the way of the world or whatever, but it sucks. Yeah. Well, th- this is the thing, right? Like, I think that maybe Aiskin's criticism of the education system is even more fundamental than it simply being specifically about them as a club, but rather that what education systems are not doing. And I must stress, by the way, that when I speak about education systems, I only know of my own. Uh, in the UK when I was growing up, and things are fundamentally different at my age now than they were back then, not least of which because of the march of IT and the changing world of work. Uh, and I can, I feel confident I can speak on your behalf, and that's probably similar for you as well, in that it's a lot different than when you were in high school. And that's even before we consider we're in different countries than Japan. So take everything I'm saying here with a pinch of salt about what I'm ultimately saying about Japan's educational system as A's can seize it, but to me it feels like it's a more fundamental critique that the education system simply does not properly prepare you for what awaits. It does not, you know, teach you anything useful. Uh, in, or at least, well, it teach you useful things, silly, but it will not teach you things that are more pragmatic or practical in nature. I mean, I'd argue the greatest teacher that Askuza and Mizuzaki have had so far, it's not been the club advisor who's been barely fucking ab- like present in this entire show. It's been Kanamori, one of their peers. Yep. Yep. So... This is so true, especially for, like, if you want to do something like that. You know what I mean? If you don't want to... Like, I feel like that there's, like, a limited number of jobs that you get really well prepared for. Or not even Mm -hmm. jobs, but, like, skills. Because I don't think school should just be a job preparation factory. Um, I am a very big proponent of the liberal arts, in fact, Mm. and the humanities as making, like good informed citizens and yep, I'm, good I'm thinkers <laughs> but uh but yeah no what you're saying like they're not gonna they, they they are not gonna learn uh too much that has a, a sort of a direct correlation to what they want to do yeah in their school and, yeah exactly i mean i'll tell you for free now like in my time in high school do you know what i was not taught i offered the chance to learn really at any point how to run my own business I sure as shit didn't happen. No, I mean, no. there's so there's there's so much to me that feels absent from the ed- like the Aiskins now point out to me that feels absent from education, like growing up, like in terms of you know preparing you more adequately for the world of work or the world of you know finding yourself. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. get the point. But like the fact that Kanamori is the one who has taught us the audience and in turn the rest of the characters the most about all of this is just insane. If, I. Again, I love this criticism. It feels kind of, it feels very punk in nature to me. It feels very much like, you know, anti-authoritarian, anti-status quo. And I think that, again, ties in, (laughs) yeah, I think that ties into everything else that we've said about the idea of Azekin in the show, that is the film club, Mm -hmm. being an indie project. Yeah. Because how, I mean, also being representative of the troubles that they, uh, of the troubles that people face when they're trying to create, uh, well, you're right. You're right. For this. I didn't do business studies, uh, so I can't really comment on that. I weren't sure if business studies would be more uh, internal business politics for existing companies uh, versus self-employment. Um, 
So yeah, but I don't think that was even offered as a general level. I think that was more a specialized thing. Yeah, that's the thing is like I, you could take a business class or whatever. You're but in man, Yukinon's of... got the fucking best educational system there. Like how to do basic shit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Incredi- mm-hmm. That's Ad- incredible. A- I wish a- I had that. Adulting, right? How to be an adult. Adul- that adulting. Should be, that should be a course. Um, but like if if you wanted to. Like, a lot of high schools don't do financial literacy, and a lot of universities, like, if you take, like, intro to business, like, that stuff, the professor might see that as a waste of time, because you want to learn about, like, abstract concepts and, like, supply and demand and all that shit. But, like, Mm -hmm. but even then, if you wanted to do this business course, like, in a lot of universities, like, it's hard to get into sometimes courses like that if you're not already a major. Yeah. Um, Exactly. Because you don't want to do business, but you just want to learn basic shit, like like you were saying. Like it's um it can be it can be tough. And uh yeah, there there should be probably more real worldy shit. I think that's yeah. what home economics used to be, but like I wish I paid more attention to that. I'm looking to shout out cooking these days. <laughs> it got well, I think it's it's sort of a, a relic now, an anachronism in, in most high schools because like really shouldn't be it was sort of really seen as like uh i guess maybe sort of sexist or something uh, i don't really but like it's oh it's just teaching how to cook like that doesn't matter but like there was a lot more to it than that a lot of the time i believe um mm-hmm. but I, I don't think i mean i could be wrong about this but i don't think it's in m- many if not most high schools anymore mm-hmm. so yeah that's really all that i have to say about that though good on the show for exposing this for what i think it actually is that, hey, there is value in, you know, traditional education structures and all that, mm-hmm. but there's so much more that people should be taught, or even more than that, if they're willing to seek out and learn it on their own, in their own way, mm-hmm. maybe let them. And let them keep the rewards for doing so. And if and on top of that, if they are going to go into such a, you know, an adult world as to, like, you know, start running their own business like this, maybe offer them... <laughs> what the hell happened? Uh, so you, I'm did, did, I'm fucking around with this. I have a, <laughs> I have a wall charger, and then I have this USB drive plugged into it. Are you, are you, are you so charging just, your torrents? Like, diddling you around ch- with it. Are you are you charging your torrents, making sure they're fully powered up for later? Yes, that's a hundred percent. Oh my god, yep. powering um, the U torrent. Yeah. Um, the point I was making as well, like, is that if you are gonna, if they are gonna like try and do this kind of adult thing of you know going into this business thing, you know, selling stuff on their own, what they should do, if you if you're gonna challenge them on that, is offer them an adult reason for it. Don't give them this wishy washy, you know, like vague nonsense. Break it down to the core concepts bit, you know, like what if you have a legitimate reason for it, put it out there for them to judge. Don't just go, well, the image of the school, not fuck off, image yeah. of the school, my ass. Oh, Emily, anyway. we can't go down this road. <laughs> I have a lot to say. Like, I'm, I, my friends and I are, who have solidarity with everybody that, you know, got degrees in the humanities and, you know, life. It, it, it turned out that, like, fucking the universities just were not doing their job with either, like, preparing you or internships or hooking you up with uh opportunities you know post-grad um probably because uh the job markets 
have been for the last decade or so in those fields in academia drying up but like mm-hmm. those qualification like i feel like those degrees should qualify you for more but unfortunately they don't anyway uh fucking fuck uh we should we should we should definitely move swiftly on from <laughs> the university discussion cuz again i could talk about it for a long time um what's your next point buddy uh, i'm i have a point about the end of the episode but do you have one to throw out there for the moment doc Oh, I think we should probably bring up um, what uh, what David was saying in chat, um, Navy Cherub, uh, about Kanamori pointing out that she's not driven by money, she's driven by efficiency. And oh, yes. money yes. is just sort of like the barometer for, for efficiency. Like, mm-hmm. you are rewarded for your productive activities with this, so it's just this sort of measuring stick of quality productions and like so like this is really interesting but like i think how do you how do you take this like how did you did this sort of hold water for you or did it like is it just another what is just a way of to rationalize uh you know the way that you enjoy money because like I don't know. I feel like probably there are some billionaires out there who think this way too, that are not like, I just love the color of money and the way it feels in my hands. You know, they're they're more like, oh, it's just a. Uh, I'm kind of boring. Never becomes a billionaire. I know, to... I know, I know. But they, they sort of see it as like, you know, oh, it's just an indicator of value, my value, um, or something right. like well, that. Right. Well, there's there's a couple of different ways to look at it. Um, the first one is you could take it as just kind of more telling the truth, sort of, but rather spinning it to serve her ends. Because maybe she is still into money, but ultimately, you know, what she's saying isn't wrong either. You know? Can be both. Doesn't mean that the other one is not necessarily untrue, though. The other one is, and I think this is more appropriate because it ties in with what happens later in the episode, is that I think as Asakusa's friend, I think she does want to see Asakusa succeed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... And I think that Frascu's like, I don't think she's ever once really fought too hard about the money side of it or wanting to be rewarded it for it. With the exception of the like 11 million yen thing, but I think that was more just an eye-opener than a, holy shit, I could actually have all that money in my hand. Um, so I think that rather, um, her mention of efficiency is because she wants to see her friends succeed, and that's the means to doing so, as a way of nurturing them. So it depends on what you are. I don't think she's so cold as to strictly be in it for the money and just be using that as an excuse to get around the accusations that are being leveled at the Azekin. Yeah, I mean, it does... It, yes, yes, it does... There is a distinction between... Because I do think she just... I think the key thing is that she just loves... Uh, so where, where Asakusa and Mizuzaki love the creative part of the creative process, uh, Kanamori loves the process part of the creative process. I think she has mm. a real enjoyment for and a real knack for um, project management. And for her, like doing it in class and getting graded on it and getting an A would feel like a would be a simulation like that's not um that doesn't feel real to her she wants to manage projects uh without that uh safety net like in the real world and 
she believes that she's good enough to where they will be rewarded for it. And like the way that those projects are really, truly rewarded. And so, yeah, I don't think, you know, thinking it through, I don't think it's just a sort of end around and money is the end goal. I do think it is. I, I, I believe her definitely. Like, Mm. and I, I see this argument, I see this distinction where, um, she just loves management and her performance review will be, you know, the box office uh, numbers, <laughs> the, the the money. That's <laughs> the how receipts, the, yeah. That's how she'll feel like she's done a good job or not. And which is this totally different way of uh measuring the value of the work because Mizu doesn't strikes me as someone who doesn't really give a shit and uh, Cough, she's Pri- privilege. Like, cough. I was just like, well, she's literally not lacking for money. <laughs> I know, like, I know, but she's just like, ah, oh, the artistic integrity. You know, like this animation is valuable just because it's awesome. And Kanamori would probably say it's valuable, yes, but like for different reasons, or at least for additional reasons. Like it is awesome, hmm. but it's also awesome in a way that will market test very well and will uh, get people to pay money uh, for for it, like. If people think it's valuable, they'll put money down, I guess, is what yeah. she is thinking about. It's the most easily quantifiable metric, I would argue. Uh, at least for this kind of thing. Uh, if she, if they were actually putting their stuff up, say, on YouTube, you'd then have um, view counts as a possibility as well. I think that for Kanamori, what she's after is quantifiable data on how they're doing. Uh, rather than what Askuza Mizakiya, which is more qualitative in nature, which is we're about, you know, not the numbers so much as we are about the artistic merit, which is something that you can't really, despite what Metacritic would tell you, measure numerically. Yeah. And Emily brings up a good point too, like, um, and you're right, David, it's it's not because she wants to hoard the money. Um, you you know that Karen Mori wants a Scrooge McDuck money bin. <laughs> no way. She can just dive into. Yeah. I think a good thing to keep in mind and, and always remember is like, despite like the big proclamations that she makes about um, her value systems or whatever um, that you have this to one side, you have, you know, I value money because it is a metric by which the quality of our production and my management can be ascertained. That's to one side, but also I think equally important and unspoken part of it, um, and certainly unspoken in the context of these meetings, because it just doesn't feel germane to the meetings, doesn't feel appropriate. But she, she wants to help her friends succeed. That's totally right. Like, that's like a big motivation in this. And that's what keeps it from feeling um, grim. <laughs> because mm. it's not, oh, you, you know you what mean, I mean? Like, like Paranoia Agent or uh, what right. I said, where we can make that anime where, you know, the guy gets through, you know, all of his animation just by drinking his way through it. Right. Mm. Yeah, or like it. She's not like um, you know, it could it could feel pretty soulless if it was like you know, uh, just someone else who didn't care about them who was like ah, oh, mm. like work, labor, put spit out these drawings. Like the fact that she really like gives a shit about them, loves them, um, and that does not take a back seat, in my opinion, to the um her financial goals or other kind of goals for the club mm-hmm. is what helps keep yeah. the show feeling super warm and human. Indeed. 
I just want to shout O two two nine O W R, which to me sounds like some sort of um, off brand paint. I don't know, like you know, I'm gonna use that to start my house. Uh, you're right, and that's the core thing I was getting at, which is that it is like you know uh-huh. when they're protesting why they do it uh-huh. is because that's the way things are. Yes, and there's the no, <laughs> not the yeah. reason. Yeah, and I've never been one for status quo. Like you know, people say in my work, for example, that's how it's always been. I'm like why, why? doesn't make it sacred doesn't make it sacrosanct you know if it's shit and it doesn't work tear it down rebuild it do it new you know simple yeah. as that all right i want to give you all a quick reminder because we haven't had many answers to them as of yet polls are up all five of them are up for your perusal please go to at show on twitter i will actually put the links to the very first one in the youtube chat now if it will let you since you're not me it might say you've done a bad thing by posting a link well, that's what YouTube should do more often, in my opinion, <laughs> especially for certain people who put, put content on there. Uh, right, there we go. Just write right, it down hopefully. on a piece of paper and hold it up to the camera. <laughs> do you want me? Do you want me to put it into a uh, a pen drive for you? You seem to be very fond of them right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It a, it's now it's a hammer. It's like Thor's hammer, but but with a with a USB stick. I was going to say, your dongle looks a bit unhealthy there, Doc. You might want to get that. Now it's a spiked hammer. You know, you, oh, you know, my God. Spike them. Okay. So moving away from Doc playing with his dongle there. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Let's, I'm sorry, but come on. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't play with your dongle live on stream and expect me not to come back. And I love, by the way, this is going to be great for the people who listen, listen to this in podcast format because you ain't seen shit. No. Enjoy that mental yeah, image. Great radio. <laughs> uh, anyway. So my next talking point, uh, this is actually a criticism. Gas. Potentially. I know. Uh, I'm just watching as everyone just files, you know, stands up and files out the this. digital theater that is our, uh, you know, our podcast set. So let's talk about the way the episode plays out, which basically repeats a couple of, a single beat, which is something like this, where Askuza goes into Greatest World um, and Kanamori pulls her out. Repeat, 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 repeat. Now, I'm going to ask this question to you, Doc, and to you in the audience. Is it a problem that nothing seems to ultimately come of that? That it's played more for comedy rather than having a final resolution where Askuza realizes, oh God, Kanamori is right. Because from my perspective, Kanamori is entirely correct. She doesn't want to stifle Askuza's creativity, but while not clamping down a little bit on it, means nothing gets done. So is it a problem for the episode in terms of it feeling like it's not really going anywhere? That that keeps happening, and that's good in its own right. It's enjoyable to watch. Don't get me wrong, but there is no real payoff for it, and it doesn't seem like Askuza has like learn from it, like Cesar says, for example. I thought at the end she said that she got it. Well, I I don't know. It, I I think if that were the case, I would prefer the episode have a more concrete way of displaying that. And indeed, Cesar is just so at, chiming, at, as I said that at twenty one twenty eight. She's in the greatest world, and she says, "I've got it." What's what's that though? I think she's probably going to say that she's thought of something else. Though. Uh, the, it's not that she's the equipment got it is said to be able to transmit wishes and gratitude. Yeah, there you go. That's not. Oh yeah, so this is the Kanamori... different story. That's right. Yes, that, I'm referring to Kanamori's point, which is focus. Mm-hmm. Did she not come up he... with any? Oh, I guess she didn't come up with any. I thought she came up with a, a synthesis, but I the guess the last I'm thing that mistaken. they come up with is that little uh, spinny, like rotating reed thing in the water. Yeah, 
yeah, she made some progress, I guess, like with the little spinning thing, but she still got to come up with villains uh, because, you know, Domeki is like, I won't be able to make much progress with the sounds if you don't come up with this. Hmm. Um, So, yeah, no, you're right. Like she's, it's not resolved in this single episode, but that's okay. Like maybe it will roll over and continue. You know what I mean? You know what? I'm I'm actually, I'm actually okay with that. And I'll tell you if that's the way it turns out. I'll tell you why, because, we had a time pressure in the run-up to episode four. That felt pretty clear from the way that the episodes were presented, particularly episode three. Um, there wasn't really a time pressure in the previous episode, but that was, uh, sorry, the previous arc, I need to say, uh, when they were preparing the robot one. But the thing is, that's fine, because the conflicts that the show was focusing on then were more instead about working with other groups of people and then also Mizazaki's own arc as well. So I'm all right with that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't reuse the idea of a time pressure, particularly in this big grand finale for the show, as in the anime we're watching. So it could very well be that in the next episode, that's when the time pressure creeps up. Um, So we'll see. But I do feel that I would have liked maybe some kernel or like germ of realization to have started sprouting. I'm getting side on the name again. I'm so bad at this. Uh, on our little gremlin, you know, to start germinating. So that way she realizes, look, I do want to create all these things and maybe I will do eventually, but I need to actually finish the thing we're doing first. Um, And I feel like the episode didn't lay enough groundwork in terms of her progressing towards that. Now, again, we'll see what happens. This is the thing that we always run into when we do this format of podcast, which is we come at week on week, we come back next week and it turns out usually that I'm completely talking out my ass. More so than usual. <laughs> so we'll see. But it did feel t- it feel t- it did feel odd to me that while the episode ended on a nice note, as I say, about the book ending of the secretary being drawn into, you know, the idea of <clears throat> the greatest world and the fact that she was seeing it in a different light. Mm-hmm. I would have also preferred this to be more concrete progress for Asakusa rather than the repeated beat of crazy idea. No, I'll shake you by the neck if I have to, you little gremlin. Um, I, so yeah, it didn't, I guess it didn't bother me. I mean, I'm not, after watching, rewatching the end, I mean, I, I can't like disagree with the facts of it, but I guess, um, I'm okay with, um, certain issues not being resolved within the episode that they are brought up in. Um, I'm good with it. I think, uh, next episode, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll see. They they will have well there will be like connective tissue between the progress she's made and these moments and it'll be yes. good and worth it and um I really enjoyed the fact that she's having this writer's block uh, I thought it was like a, a oh yeah it was like a really good foundational thing for the episode. I've had that many times and it's still technically here actually <laughs> it's a permanent writer's block this is the way I live my life. Um, so right is damn more like <laughs> um so uh, yeah i i liked that and uh, as a reason to take the field trip you know to to go on the sound hunt i like the fact that they did this they've done this before yes. where they go to location uh, i like i mean i you know i must say like just again to also borrow from what grizzly's saying here while there, there are times in which you think to yourself when you're watching a show, oh my God, it's repeating the same points over and over again, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But it's not always a problem. It depends on how it's utilized and what the ultimate point of it is trying to make. 
And yeah, they have been on excursions before. We had the underground one, for example, where they mm-hmm. went to the sewer system. Uh, and now they have one again where they're going, you know, ostensibly for sound, but that doesn't mean they can't get something out of the locations. Indeed, mm-hmm. Asakusa does that. But I think this is, again, to the show's credit that it's showing this because it means you're not one and done. You don't take one trip out and you get some material. You keep going. You explore new locales, new places, get new and fresh ideas and inspiration from it. You don't yep. simply have a one and done thing. You've got to be committed to your craft. And in doing, and part of that is exploring and drawing inspiration from various places in the case of animation rather than just, well, nothing really. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I must say, um, I you may or may not know, folks, that I previously and may eventually get back to it. Indeed, the show is part of my. I used to write fiction. Now, none of it's successful. It's all terrible. Don't go looking for it. Point be point being, though, uh, one of the things that I read as a writer that you have to do is you have to read a lot of material outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, in order to become a good writer. If you want to be a sci-fi writer, for example, it actually behooves you to read a lot of uh, rom-coms. romance, <laughs> rom-coms, all sorts of stuff. And I think that that kind of parallels the same idea here where you need to go and actually look about, you know, different locations, get different inspiration rather than just simply keeping to your comfort zone. So good on the show yeah. for doing that. Yeah, we talked about this idea many times about like avoiding the kind of um, yeah sort of inbred circle of referencing your own medium all the time. Uh, yeah, and and yeah, sort of going out, um, having fresh new experiences, exposing yourself to different things. Um, you know, uh, I think it was Chuck Jones, the one of the famous. You brought up Tom and Jerry. Chuck Jones, a very yes, famous. Yes, you're right. Uh, Ch- Chuck Jones was one of them. You're right. Super famous Western animator who, in a long form interview, he was giving. You know, it's talking about like advice to aspiring animators, and he just said like, "Do everything, watch everything, read everything. Don't limit yourself. You know, bring in." all these different kind of influences and they'll, they'll all inform you and uh and your work in really interesting ways and um and i love like that like you know we have the like going to location in this episode uh reinforcing the theme of like experience life experience feeding into art mm-hmm. feeding into the animation like this the show has touched on this in a number of different ways you know cesar is just my god uh when you mentioned that, Cesar, about the idea of the enemy see humankind and joining while not speaking, that's arguably foreshadowing the events surrounding the secretary. It could, could very well be, right? Could Doesn't very say well a damn be. thing, really, not to the group in general, mm-hmm. but still is otherwise brought more and more on board with them as time goes on. We'll make them all otaku and, and <laughs> by showing them anime. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll convert them all. Um, mm. But yeah, so uh, fuck, what was I saying? Um, that uh, yeah, that you have like the life informing art in a lot of different, you know, Mizusaki with uh, the motions and the movement class and like doing the tea thing and the girls going to locations and um, sort of Asakusa's experiences with anime also, um, even from uh, being a little child. And, you know, I think if you look at like uh, the documentaries or behind the scenes features of a lot of anime, you will see them like going to locations. And sometimes 
I've wondered in the past, like before I watched the show, like, why do they do that? Like, why do they need to like, can't they just read about it or can't they just like look at pictures or whatever? But like, mm-hmm. there really is something to be said for experiencing the totality of a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why traveling is important not just reading. Yes. About, My God. Know, places. Like, I, man, I, I'm not trying to turn this too, too extensively into my own travelogue, but <laughs> there's a place, there's a place in London where I've been to a fine game. So I mean, I, the entire around it is just a series of bohemian like art studios and stuff like that. It's nuts. Um, mm. And I would never have seen that if I hadn't traveled. And granted, I'm not going to ever turn into an anime if you like, but I can imagine people being inspired by it. I mean, heck, it's an art studio. What do you expect? So yeah, I can definitely assess that firsthand. I'm sure you were inspired by it in different ways. I mean, I was inspired by it to win the tournament, that's a, to whip some ass, and, and, the, and then I didn't actually win. So, although to be although to be fair, I did have an amazing moment where the guy who put me out of tournament when I was at that location then challenged me to a money match later, uh-huh. and I beat him ten free. Good stuff. Oh, revenge! Good stuff, it's, as you do. It's it's like a fine wine. <laughs> Best serve cold? <laughs> well, you know, it takes a little while to age, you know. Mm. can technically be the blood of your enemies. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. saying. It was a good moment, that. Yeah, yeah. But, um... Uh... So, I, I think that... We've, we've talked about, to, to finish my thought here, um, just, like, we, we talked about, like, animation, sort of, uh, or or even just art, right? Like, being this vehicle to express things about reality that are not as noticeable or like they can be outsized to kind of um, to highlight uh, or uh, they can be embellished to really bring home certain features, certain messages, certain things that artists want to say about the world, about Mm -hmm. reality. But I think, and so we start to sort of are, are talking about it like, you know, it's a greater reality animation or it's like the thing that is the important thing. Like mm-hmm. reality is only necessary to inform art, but like it is necessary to inform art, like going to these locations and going to different places. And like the fact that ex- experience plays such a, a key part in creating art, I think w- it would behoove us to not like lose the fact, the, the life, the experience side of that equation that oh yeah you know that um it's not just for art but like there's all kinds of like great value in life and its experiences and it's you know without it there wouldn't be art right i mean so (laughs) even if you love uh the the art stuff and uh are, are thinking about like thinking about it as primary uh, as the real reality, the the better one than actual reality. Like, there's something to be said for actual reality and human experience, and like how unique and amazing it is for for everyone, and how um, you know we can have like these incredible moments that inspire us to go and make this art that everyone looks at and is moved by. Mm. Hell yeah, hell yeah! All right, uh, well I've said all I want to say about this particular episode. Do you have anything else you want to add, Doc? Um. I think I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I think you're good. All right, lad. Right. I think I I think I'm good, man. Well, in that case, I'll uh, I'll take us back to the polls to see how. Yes, let's return to the polls, just like. Uh, (laughs) Yep. 
<laughs> just as a reminder, these will be up. Uh, I don't know where you were going with that, but I'll leave there. Uh, these will be up for next week. Do get in on them. Uh, so, po- Doc, by the way, has no idea what these polls are, so I can't wait for his reaction. It's super good. All right. First question. Uh, episode 10, poll number one. Is the school right to demand the ASA can not make any money from Comet A or elsewhere in general? Uh, 29% of you have actually said yes to this thus far, and I would be curious to hear your thoughts. Not that I disagree out of hand, but I would just be curious to hear the logic behind that. Because again, like I said, the problem with the answers given by the, the teachers is that they are vague, wishy-washy, you know, principled status quo nonsense rather than concrete this is the consequence of what will happen if you continue doing what you're doing. Uh, 71% of you said no. Uh, if you want my opinion, by the way, I'm of the opinion that they are not within their rights to stop the A's from making money. They should be justly rewarded for their efforts. Even if it turns out that they don't end up making much money from it, at least it's something that they've learned from then. You know, there's not only is there the money, but there's the experience of getting that money and what it takes involved, you know, to get that. Next question. Poll number two, which is best? And these three answers here, Kanamori, Minimori, or Kanamoney? Oh my God. We're, we're, ha- we're having the, <laughs> the, the, the Aesican question here. 0% of you say Kanamori, 33% of you say Minimori, and 67% say Kanamoney. Is this just recency bias? <laughs> I feel like... It could, it could be, could be. Kanamoni is a great name. I vote plain Kanamori. Just, just give me the like the vanilla original, classic variety Kanamori. Well, Kan Kanamori is a saber, Mini Mori is a lancer, and Kanamoni is an archer. There you go. They're the fake Grand Order classes. I don't need this like, you know, uh, vanilla cherry edition of what I like. <laughs> just give me the classic flavor, please. Uh, next up, this you're gonna hate me for this joke. I'm so sorry, Doc, but I'm 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 going with it. Poll number three: Is there ever a bad time to reference the Akira bike slide? Thirty-three <laughs> percent of you say hell no, no, and sixty-seven percent of you say only when in DMs. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's bad. <laughs> I guess that's bad. Sure, I had to make that joke. Sure. I'm so sorry. Sure. All right, uh, episode 10, poll number four. This one relates to what we were just discussing about the ending of the episode and how uh, it kind of doesn't have a resolved conflict between Kanamori and Askuza, uh, which goes something like this. <clears throat> Should the second half of the episode have ended on an actual conflict with a resolution between Kanamori and Askuza, given the former was continually getting distracted? 33% you say yes, and 67% say no. And finally, a poll that I feel I should have put up a long time ago, but I'm doing it now while I have the reins. Poll number five. Should Domeki be formally inducted into the Aizuken and therefore appear in the OP along with the trio? 86% you say absolutely, and 14% of you, curiously, have said no. I think they're trying to respect our wishes. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I I want I want Domeki in the OP. Like, I I would love that as like, because it's like I've said, you know, that would actually illustrate a point as well how changing the OP can be to the benefit of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, mixing things up a little bit, and if Ace can just add that little like nod to that. My plus, I like Domeki a lot as a character. Yeah, that she got. Yeah, my, she got. My like appreciation for that character has grown exponentially. Like every episode that she's, mm. and I I really like her as like a side character who just sort of shows up. From time to time, the sort of Kramer to the, Kramer. the Seinfeld 
and Elaine and George that are the other oh, the other characters. God. Sophie said uh, to Becky's already the OP. She had to sit the music. Um, well, touche. That. <laughs> uh, I am I am slain. <laughs> I I am I am slain. Uh, people can mess with me all they want. It's all in good fun. But anyway, those are the polls. Do feel free to check them out. Retweet them. Let your friends know. Get everyone in on it. All the answers, please. Looking forward to seeing what they come out next week. Right, Doc, over to you. So it's time to rate the episode. It's time. Mm-hmm. How would you rate it, Shadinger? Shadinger? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. All right. Um, I really, really enjoyed this episode, and I know that's like saying water is wet when it comes to Azekin, but... First off, I loved all the references, the Akira bike slide, the Miyazaki, the Yojimbo, the lovely little bit with the list of the uh, Science Saru staff members and all their like quirks. Little details like that I loved. Um, I especially loved the episode's willingness to challenge established notions of what education should be. That I think is really, really key. Uh, there were some neat, unique um, set music tracks in this episode as well, mm-hmm. like, particularly the opening uh, and also the bike ride. Like, I love yeah. it when all the new music is like, it's all really good. Um, again, I do have some iffiness about the way in which the conflict between Askuza and Kanamori wasn't quite taken as seriously as I wish it had been, which is not to say it should have been totally grimdark to the point where Kanamori leaves Askuza in floods of tears or anything. No, I don't want that. Fuck that. No way. But I think there's a middle ground that could have been found somewhere. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention something that was pointed out in chat, which is that the editing scene where Dumeki is going through the bell noises goes on for a solid minute. And mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell? Is that intentional? I don't know. It, it felt a bit off to me. I was like, well, it's been made. It's not unintentional. <laughs> it's like, so yeah. the question is like, is it an artistic choice or is it a f- sort of financial corner cutty choice? I don't think it, either way, it just felt like it went on a bit too long it, for my it, taste. Well, sure. It, it was enough to be distracting, but... Um, yeah, that was that was the thing. Like, when I actually actively know. noticed it in that way, I was like, ugh. It did um, not bother me, like, because I am a, an apologist of the show and will defend it no matter what. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was totally fine with it. Like, I think... Um, wow, I didn't re- did realize you were into becoming a cultist. But I am. Hey, here we are. I'm, a, like, no, I kid, I'm I kid, in the I tank. Kid. Um, in, in all in all the cults that you could join, the Azukin is definitely the Azuk- least bad. Azukinadi? That doesn't work very well. Um, <laughs> so is someone else in chat was saying that they didn't think that the length of the scene, like given like what they were doing, um, that it was that was okay. It wasn't like just the, you know, it wasn't just them standing there doing nothing. You know, they mm. were performing an activity that probably did take a little bit i don't know i don't know man it was a thing i did i did it wasn't perfect I, but it didn't bother me yeah i did also i must stress like the earlier moment where Domeki's like taking literal slices of audio out and substituting them in i thought that was a really cool visual uh so all the complaints i have a kind of minor really to be honest they're not again like deal breakers as any of the others i've had with these can have been so in the end I think ultimately I am going to give this episode uh, 4.75 uh, recreations of Miyazaki's beard out of five. Okay. Um, I adored this episode. This episode, maybe more than any so far. Wow. How many times have you said that? Uh, well, it just keeps topping itself. Because, um, like, there's different, it's pushed me in different ways. Like, 
Certain episodes have made me feel triumphant, cathartic. Um, certain episodes have made me feel warm toward the girls. This episode, like, made me sort of realize that this is such a tightly coherent show. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of big picture coherence that is being asked for from Asakusa is actually present in spades in this show. You, you know, now that you mention it, this anime, probably more than any other I've seen thus far, has an extra layer of pressure on it to practice what it preaches, mm-hmm. to, you know, be in line with the things it wants to say. And to its credit, it is. It just feels like that everything that's happening reinforces everything else that is happening or that they want to say. Like, you know, a lot of times in in a show or something, it's like, okay, well, why did this event X happen? Well, reason A. But like in this show, it's like, what purpose did event Y serve? Well, you know, it built up character A, it reinforced theme B, it added some world building C, uh, and all of those things buttress each other. It's just like this amazing, like, basket weaving of, like, everything interconnecting and being able to support uh, the episodes. And, yeah, nothing has felt half-assed. Nothing has felt half-baked. Um, all the ideas, all the motivations, all every scene, like, has felt... Um, Important is not the right word. I mean, it is important, but like important implies like this weighty gravity, but like the show is so effortless. The show is easy breezy, but it's able to pull it off and make it look that way because it's so considered. Like everything that the show does is so well considered and reinforces the things that they're trying to do all across Mm. the board. And so fucking rocks, man. I'm giving it five uh, power move leg crosses out of five. Nice, nice. Well, if I ever get a long enough like audio cable so I can sit permanently on that sofa when recording, I will occasionally do the leg cross as a power move when I'm about to make an important point. That will happen, folks, I tell you. All right. I'm being asked to make a robot cardboard cosplay to, you, to you, dress I, up I, as I, a I, robot. I, I, really, I really want you to do that in work. Like, Just wander around with that in your workplace. I've got the benefit of being at home. I can dress up and yeah. fuck I want. Today was the day to do it because no one is at work. <laughs> I'm like the only ah, person here. <laughs> damn it. Well, I mean, you've watched Azekin. You clearly now must be a master in the art of stealth and infiltration. I mean, if Mizuzaki can do it while wearing a robe outfit, why can't you? Hmm. I'm going to do... Have you seen the guy who did a cosplay as a Gundam by, like, having a cardboard box around him that said the word Gundam written on it and... In in the Sharpie. <laughs> I, should just oh, do that. I, I don't even need to see it now. I, I can see it clearly <laughs> yep. in my in my mind's eye. Oh my god. Mm. I won't be able to see <sighs> it, but I can feel it. Go go. I'll I'll feel it. Love this show. Just saying. No no hate. Hates hates it. Fifty five atomic robot. I mean she's got the name for it, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um just put a box on I don't your think, head. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cesar, you're right, but I don't think they do one in my size, to be honest. <laughs> That's going to be your part of it, is the manta ray suit. 
They don't do they don't do Manta Ray suits in fat bastard size. It ain't oh, happening. Stop it. <laughs> you <laughs> you stop it. Um Okay, mm. well, uh I think I think we're done. I think that we are to the end of this one. And Shadon, this has been a lovely stream. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, Thank that's you. Been great. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I needed this. It's put a smile on my face. Absolutely. Um everyone in chat, like the chat's been lively today. The chat's yeah, been You're uh, all awesome. Yeah, everyone has been has been rocking it. So thank you for yeah. showing up and for hanging out with us. Really good points. Like really helped our discussion, helped help clarify things, ask questions, like all that stuff has been super great. So thank you all very much. Um so I guess plug time for plugs. Um if you want to support the WD, then uh head on over to patreon.com slash what are we just show. And we got three budget friendly tiers. Two, three, five dollar. For five dollars, you get everything. You get everything we put out, uh, everything we do, have done. You have the whole, the archive of everything um, that uh, has ever been available and ever will be available, uh, including, you know, uh, we do this kind of show for, uh, how do I say, um, uh, for a different anime. Uh, for a second anime, we have mm. a show called Second Stream where we do episodic analysis for another anime that's airing. We have like uh, essays that we do, uh, audio essays. We have uh, different kind of specialty podcasts that we'll do. And uh, if you want those, you know, you can get... But also the 2 and $3 tier will get you a ton of, of goodies. Um, it'll get you Discord access. It'll get you access to our bi-weekly After Hours podcast where we just talk about a lot of times we talk about video games, but we'll talk about other like movies or other anime or um, abstract concepts, different shit that we're that we're doing. Um, it will be uh, in the three dollar tier. You can ask us questions that we have to answer on stream. That has kind of become. Uh, it doesn't have to be this way, but it sort of have become the province of <laughs> of second stream. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, every patron out there should know that, like, they can ask us questions in Discord. Yes, and we will get no, to them. N- no question is verboten. Like, mm-hmm. ask us anything, and we'll give it a go. And we must, we must be answer. serious. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to ask us like the most thought-provoking no. exam question kind of shit. If you just ask us something joking, like you know, like I put on the poll, which of Kanamori's names do we prefer? You go ahead and do that. It's your right and your privilege as a patron mm-hmm. of ours to ask us whatever you want. And it can be as silly or as serious as you wish. Go nuts. Go nuts. And, you know, but a uh, big thank you out there to all our patrons who are watching, who are listening later. Um, we love you guys. But we also love our audience who is not able so or right. not willing to financially support us. Like, you guys are a large number and we appreciate all of you. Uh, if you want to um, help us grow, though, you can like subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review. You could do it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Twitter. Um, go- can I just point out, Gero? Don't ask me cooking tips. Ask Alex Schmidt for cooking tips, as he is an actual chef. Yes, I think he'll be he'll, he'll- back next week, if I'm not mistaken. On the pod. you are more than right. Yeah, he'll he'll be back. We'll have uh, Alex back for a free, uh, you know third time round. Third time's a charm with the chef. Um, Round three. (laughs) Fight. Uh, Look forward to that. Um, Yeah, so um, Shadon, if people want to talk to you on Twitter, where can they find you? 
Uh, you can find me at Shaden Tencent. Uh, I'm still waiting at Shaden to free up. Some prick has been holding on to that account since 2013 without tweeting. Twitter I will get. I will get that eventually. It's not my fucking words. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, uh, feel free to follow me, talk to me, DM me, whatever the hell you want. It's all good. Ooh, uh, we can DM I'm, you. Are they open? Yeah, you can bike slide to my DM if you wish. <laughs> Got twitching right there, Doc. You feeling all right? You having an allergic reaction there, mate? It looks like it looks like it's supposed going to wrong. be romantic. Are you are you are you having some anaphylactic shock? Shock, rather, I mean to say. So many food references happening now. Um, I think Shadon would hate food wars. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put that out there now. <laughs> I think he would have a strong. I think he would have a love hate relationship with food wars. But maybe that's all the more reason to watch it. So it would be one of these, then, basically. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, could do. Could could very well do. Uh, you can find me at the subtle doctor on Twitter. Um, please at me about whatever. Uh, I don't I don't much mind what you want to talk about, but interact with me. I need your attention. <laughs> um, feed him. Feed me those hearts and those. What are? What do you? What is the symbol that you click to reply? Is it just a comic book bubble? Yeah, it's just a yeah. bubble. Feed me the bubble. bubbles and the the, the hearts. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it, folks. Uh, thanks for hanging out, as usual. Uh, we will be back next week uh, on this YouTube channel and Twitch channel for... Azekin's 11, Azek- no less. Azekin's 11. <laughs> Holy hell. Yep. Um, where where Kanamori sneaks into a museum pretending to be a famous movie star that she looks like. Look forward to that. Um, Unlike the famous movie star that they actually have technically in Mizuzaki. <laughs> no, it would have to be Mizuzaki. You're right. You're true. Um, so, you know, until then, or until you hear us on the Jeweler Richard pod later this week, um, he should on. I'm the subtle doctor. This has been Watery Desho. Embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Good night. We would like to thank Masa Soundworks for allowing us to use his track GPS for the intro to our podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Masopuppy. We would like to thank Phil Dragash for our incredible podcast album artwork and Twitter banner. You can find him on Twitter at Phil Dragash. And of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't thank our incredible, lovely patrons. God bless you for your support. And if you would like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash show. Shouts to my wife and kids for always putting up with me. And for everyone listening out there, don't give up, fam. Find the courage to take one step forward.